Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go. Episode number 27 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, man. I pulled that one right out of my gut. It is currently Wednesday, February 16th, 2022, and the Los Angeles Rams are Super Bowl champions. It sits, man. It sits. I mean, Joe Shiesty had a good run. He'll be back. But Stafford to get his ring. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know if he'll be back, Max. That's the thing. He's young enough, whereas Joe or Stafford deserved this long, long overdue. Um, I'm just, I'm really happy for Stafford. I'm happy for Odell, Donald, Cup, all of them. They really deserve it. I can't believe yeah. Cup won MVP. That's that's the crazier thing for me. Donald should have won. And Max, you actually had a bet on that. Yeah, Donald, you could definitely make the case for sure. I mean, like, he showed up in the stat sheet two sacks. Uh, I almost placed a bet on him uh, to get two sacks. And I believe it was like plus 400, plus 500. And I wussed out because he hadn't done it all season. He'd only been at one and a half, like four or five times, but he did it. He filled up the stat sheet, um, you know, made the plays when it counted. But at the end of the day, Cooper Cup just, I mean, Odell dropping like a fly. And then all of a sudden, you know, what are you going to do? You got to go to your boy and he gets the job done. So, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of his. I'm a big fan of Stafford's, big fan of Donald's. I just, all of those guys were so deserving um, of a championship. Um and it was just really nice to see them all hoist the Lombardi. Yeah, we'll we'll get into the game in a little bit. We have some Super Bowl reactions for certain players and uh, a very in-depth discussion on Cooper Cup. Uh, we originally weren't planning on having him in the episode today, but you know we had a little debate get sparked up in our group chat and thought it's extremely important uh, dynasty strategy-wise. Uh, and he's a perfect example of a player that we need to talk about. Um, for your dynasty strategy moving forward and players like him in your league. Um, beyond that, we're going to do something that I think we alluded to a couple of weeks ago. We're going to do players you forgot about. This is kind of a section where it's guys that either got hurt during the year or kind of had a little bit of a worse year where the fantasy community kind of just left them on the island of misfit toys. They became the Charlie in the box this season, and we're trying to reclaim them and, and give our arguments for or against them moving forward into next year. And you can be sure that they're going to be cheap buys moving into the off season. With that being said, anything with you guys before you get started with the episode? Yeah. I mean, it'll be pretty easy to look at these like cheap buys that are just forgotten. We just look at Peter's team, um, just a bunch of forgotten names <laughs> on his team. So uh, we could just go down Peter's teams, name those players off. We'll say that they're buys just so Peter will feel good about himself and that people will buy them from him. But in reality, no one don't, it. don't make me change my uh, team name to the Island of Misfit Players. <laughs> oh, Island maybe. of Misfit Players. Maybe you need some help, man. You, I don't think the team name is working out for you. I, I don't know, Max. All I know is my team is a lot better now than it was three years ago. And my team three years ago was competing and was the overarching number one seed. So did you win? I did not win. And that is the way, look, that's the way of the world. One, you know, one interception goes for a touchdown against Matt Stafford and they don't win that game. You know, Jamar Chase, he was wide open on that fourth and one. If that offensive line gave him another little half second, they go down and score. You know, it's it's a game of inches. It's a game of miles at the same time. So you never know. This is true. This All you can true. do is put yourself in the best possible position to succeed and then pray. All right. With that being said, we're going to get into the episode. But before we do that, I did want to say congratulations to our winner on Twitter of the Tyreek Hill jersey giveaway. I'm not going to say the person's name uh, aloud on the podcast, but you can check out our Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. I I didn't get uh, confirmation that they would feel comfortable with us talking and saying their name on the podcast. So I'll leave it for the Twitter. Incredible. Super excited to, to give the jersey away and just an extra little plug for the Twitter Anybody that enjoyed the fantasy playoff thing that we did, shout out OBR from um, Chagrin Falls. Yep. 
Shout out OBR from Chagrin Falls. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Got a nice hefty $210 check and was kind enough to donate a little bit money back to the podcast uh, for hosting. OBR, you're a real one. Shout out. Uh, and then one Chris, final say. So I was going to go through the rankings, but we can keep going. Yeah, go through the rankings for us. Yeah, for sure, Peter. So we got OBR finished in first place. He got $210. Um, Chris finished 1.28 points behind him, um, which is absolutely crazy that it came down to, to that little point, I guess you could say. Um, then I believe it was Jack D um, in third place. And then Big Potato, Big Al, Big whatever you want to call him in fourth place. And then Joe Faya, who Blind Squirrel finds a nut once in a while. So, so that's Joe, very true. Very Joe, true congrats, Joe. man. One more thing before we get into our Cooper Cup in-depth discussion, as well as players you forgot about, maybe rebranding to the Island of Misfit Players. We have another ad read. Give it up again, once again, for Game Day Liner. Spice up your tailgate this offseason with the original Turf Truck Bed Liner. Shout out their Instagram. They just gave away a lot of merch, as well as one of their, their liners uh, in a Super Bowl giveaway, much like we gave away Tyreek Hill's jersey. They were giving away some of their own stuff. Uh, shout out uh, to Game Day Liner over there. Sport your team, company, or custom logo in their handmade vehicle liners. Designed and crafted in the USA. Perfect for tailgates, gyms, home offices, or anywhere you want to rep your favorite logo. Each product is pet, party, and workproof. Visit at GameDayLiner on Instagram. Visit GameDayLiner.com and use the discount code DYNASTY22, all lowercase, to score 15, 15% off your custom turf truck bed liner. Again, that's DYNASTY22, all lowercase, and go to gamedayliner.com to use it. Get 15, 1-5% off your very own custom turf truck bed liner and or turf-based product and need, as well as their super cool hat. Yo, the hats are dope. I'm scrolling around looking at them right now. They got all kinds of colors and camouflages and all that good stuff. But they also um, have started to make those little putting greens that you see in offices, the long strip of turf um, going up a little hill into the hole. I believe they're selling those, um, and I don't know. I'm not very good at golf. I don't play that much, but I love those things. So uh, definitely could be a good investment if uh, if you're an office worker. Shoot, even if you're working from home, take a take a little breather, oh boy. and uh, go put some balls. My my work from home space that would that would actually kind of impair me from off. doing some work. I would uh, <laughs> I'd slack off a little too much trying to get ready for the spring. With that all being said, we are going to get into the episode right now. Cooper Cup discussion. Again, we were not going to talk about them, but it's a dynasty tool for everybody out there. We have been in a philosophical difference between some of the monarchs here. I'm, I know Max and myself. I won't speak for Max in particular, but I think our philosophical natures is if a player has an incredible year, they're not going to repeat it. So try to move off and get some value. So when I see Cooper Cups, like best fantasy season for a wide receiver probably ever, I think he's probably finished as a top five wide receiver ever recorded uh, in fantasy. I just feel like I have to move off. Even if I don't get like perfect equivalent value, as long as I'm getting younger assets that are incredible as well, like 80% value on him, like two 80% value targets or something like that. I would smash except in a heartbeat and I'm looking to ship him right now because his value will never get higher. Yeah, I agree. Um, I definitely think that there's some players that are like an exception. I just like for Cooper Cup, it's more the injury history, the age, the offense, like I just don't think they're going to do it again. And I know Jace is going to come in here and tell me I'm He's wrong. He's a Cooper Cup stand. You got to let is. him, you got to let him love him. He yeah, is. I, but Go ahead. No, I just, I just can't, I can't get on board. Like, I think we, we talk about windows all the time and I don't care if you're a competitor, if you're a rebuilder, whatever you are, I really think now is the time to sell Cooper cup. I, well, I wish Nick C were here on this podcast. Super, super producer, Nick C. Super. 
Pepper, producer Nick C. Shout out, shout out Nick C. He had to take a personal day. He'll be back for next week. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to him. Uh, he'd, I think he'd be here to jump on my side of the fence. But for me, I don't know. Like, you guys brought up a lot of different points, but like, I understand the window's extremely high and like you're selling him at the quote unquote tippy top. I do think there's a better time to sell him, which I'll get on a little bit. Ooh. But I just think, you know, when would that be? Off of his uh, second Super Bowl MVP? No, I just think it would be right before the trade line to a competitor pushing all their chips in. Um, I think right in the middle of the season, and I because I think he's still – well, there's a whole lot of things you guys brought up, and I'm trying to figure out how to ta- counterpunch. Um, but anyways, let me, let me start off with this. So Cooper Cup, amazing season, 145 receptions on 191 targets, 1,947 yards, and 16 touchdowns. So just like an amazing statistical season, just, oh my God, looking at that, you you know, the fantasy points are there looking at that. But my whole thing is, you know, this was his first year with Matthew Stafford and he was able to accomplish it. I get, he's a little bit older. He's had some injury risk in, in the past, but he's also been a top five receiver in the past with Jared Goff. So I will bring that up too. Um, but, but for me, you know, if I'm a competitor, I'm, I'm, do, I'm holding on to him. There's, you know, I'm not trying to actively ship him off because at the end of the day, you know, if you took 70% of what Cooper Cup did this year, it's probably still a top three guy. So, you know, you can bake in the regression. He's still going to be, you know, barring an injury, probably a top five guy um, and one of the safer guys, if not the safest guy on a bet for that. And just, you know, if I'm a competitor, I want I want consistency. I want upside. Consistency and I, I want it. is extremely important. Max knows I, I'm a... I'm a dog for consistency. I would do anything for a consistent player. I don't care if it's you guarantee me 10 points a week. I I know who you are then. Yeah. I mean, and Cooper cup wasn't even just getting you 10. He was getting you like at least 17 to 22 a week, like depending on your format and just, I don't know, even if he regresses, if I'm a competitor, he's one of the safest bets, if not the safest bet for a top five guy, if not a top three guy, Honestly, if not top one at his spot, just because the situation is not going to be changing. If anything, right now with the current news we have, it could get even better with Robert Woods coming off a torn ACL at, what, 30, 31 years old. Odell now a super late season torn ACL, his second time tearing it. He might not even be there. You know, if it's, you know, 31-year-old post-ACL Bobby Trees and Van Jefferson – I don't see the targets going away at all. And the situation is just elite. So, but to give you guys credit on what you're saying, because I do believe there is a window here. It's a great window, but I'm only selling it. If my vision for a championship is 20, well, 2023 at this point and beyond, you know, if I'm going for it next year, he is going to be a key piece to a lot of championship teams. Um, But yeah, if you're anywhere close to the middle and you're not, you know, ready to go yeah definitely go get your arm leg you know whatever body part you can name uh because spleen. you can definitely get it right yeah the spleen the you know we won't talk about those other parts but you could get it and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh but i don't know it, you just it's super team context dependent for me but as a competitor right up next to christian mccaffrey like those are the most important pieces to my championship teams going into next year and uh yeah, I, I don't know. I just love I love Mr. Cooper Cup. So really quick, before anybody else hops in, super producer Nick C, even though he couldn't be here today, he's currently working his magic, uh, compiling a lot of data and statistics for us uh, here on the pod. So he went to keep trade cut and took a look at Cooper Cup right now. Uh, for any of those that don't know, keep trade cut is basically a uh, database that conglomerates uh, information from ex- many different varied uh, fantasy websites, whether that's uh, ESPN, Sleeper, XYZ. Um, and right now, Cooper Cup is valued as the wide receiver number seven in Dynasty at with one quarterback, one quarterback Dynasty platforms. And then in Superflex, for some reason, he's valued at the wide receiver three probably because he's able to put up more points than your average quarterback on a week. Uh, So you're able to throw him in an extra flex spot. But when we're thinking about Cooper cup here, that's what he's looking at overarchingly. So 
Nixie, the incredible producer that he is, also gave us some trade options. And I just wanted to run it past you guys. So we have super flex trades as well as one quarterback trades that have recently occurred for Mr. Cooper Cup. And I want to know, would you guys accept? And this is assuming you own Cooper Cup. So your team. I wouldn't own him. Just just saying, you know, per chance, Max, your team just so happened to have Cooper Cup fall on your laps. He was on the waiver wire and you picked him up. How's that sound? Okay. Okay. You ready now? I'm ready now. <laughs> okay. So the first one's a super flex trade. And this is just gauging value for a lot of these older talents that are elite. I feel like this could also be an argument for Devontae. This could be an argument for, you know, Hopkins a couple years ago. Not Hopkins now. Hopkins now is worth a lot less, as a lot of people know, with Mr. Kyler Murray uh, doing his fancy stuff uh, on Instagram. But first trade here, we have T. Higgins, where I know Jace is already in love with the deal. T. Higgins, Hunter Henry with the Patriots, a 2024 first and a 2024 second for Cooper Cup straight. So I'll say that again. T. Higgins, Hunter Henry, a 2024 first and second. Would you smash accept? Yep. I would do it for T and the 24 first. Oh, um, I hear Jason's voice laboring. The, the 24 class is still very far away. This is super flex. We have no idea what those quarterbacks could look like that. That's what you would be looking to draft with that first round pick. T Higgins is super enticing to me. He's probably top 10 to top 12, shoot top eight to top 12 dynasty wide receiver for me. So it's super enticing. Um, uh, but if I'm a competitor, most receiving next, yards, really quick, most receiving yards in the Super Bowl. That is true. Also caught two tutties, looking good. Um, definitely you got away with Super an Bowl OBI. <laughs> no, bro, that was clean. <laughs> so yeah, if I'm a, if I'm, if my window is 2022, that's my championship window. My pieces are in. I'd rather have Cup. But if my window is beyond that, and I'm you know closer to a rebuilder, young stud team. Yeah, that's probably something I would accept on. But honestly, I still think wait till the middle of the season, let them start producing again, you know, get to that trade deadline. Someone will give you everything you want. Like, I mean, just I've done it in our actually give you league. all eight 2023 first he owns. Yeah, I mean, people will. I I gave uh, Nicole Hardman, um, Hunter Renfro, and I think multiple firsts and a handful of seconds for Aaron Jones at the trade deadline, which is according to most people, that's a huge overpay for an aging running back in a guessy situation. But, you know, I was pushing my chips and it was time to overpay and that draft capital when you're, when you're pushing it in, they start looking like pennies and nickels rather than, you know, whole dollar bills. So ask the Rams, they have a Swiss bank. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. That's how fancy players play when it's time to shove, they shove. Yeah. All right. So that's our first trade in Superflex. Another one that we've seen for Cooper Cup come through, which I think is just criminal um, to even offer it, let alone accept it. Um, 102 and 105 in this upcoming draft class. So that'll probably net you the number two receiver in one of the top running backs, quote unquote, maybe Trey McBride in a tight end kind of role, but I think he falls late first. Yeah, as yeah. much as I would keep Cooper Cup. I think I think Cups in honesty, like this year's first round picks, is he worth three top six picks? I think so. He's worth the entire first round. <laughs> Honestly. Like this this class, although there are like some guys we like, I feel like everyone's catching a little bit rookie fever. I, me, That's myself fact. included. That's fact. You know, we talked about this class not being that great. Analysts talked about this class not being great for, you know, going into last season and the season prior. Like the, the talent just really wasn't that great. And granted, there are a few prospects I really like, but, you know, I feel like especially now because of the drafts and, you know, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, these guys that have come out of recent drafts and just immediately hit Najee Harris. Um, you know, I feel like we're Michael Carter. Michael Garter. Elijah Moore. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and uh, I just feel like everyone is a little bit overestimating how, you know, difficult it is for a rookie to like really hit and take off. So like I've, just because of how we've been spoiled, I feel like we're possibly overvaluing um, this upcoming class. 
And in this trade in particular, Superflex, I want no business of any of these quarterbacks. Even Ooh. what's your Yuck boy Malik? Yuck. What's Malik? His? Malik is Malik's nice. He looks like Lamar out there, man. I'm not even messing around. The, yeah. Just the, his style of running, and he's faster than Lamar on record. Uh, mm-hmm. The Senior Bowl, he clocked in faster than Lamar's season high. So, you yeah, know, I mean, he's, I'm gonna want to see his 40 time. But if he's pushing like the mid four threes, then then we're gonna start having to actually talk about. Oh yeah, for sure. Trading he's, up. He's you know he's probably the one guy, and you know even at that, <laughs> we see rushing quarterbacks flop all over the time you know not yep. working out so and he's a raw prospect from everything i've heard too so there's just a lot of risk with rookies and you know i feel like we've been spoiled lately and yeah. we don't think it's as risky as it is so just give me the proven two, talent with cup two second sure. talking point two second talking point um literally just like keep me straight lined here um malik willis while everybody's scared about the liberty oh he hasn't played against good competition i completely understand that and, and I can agree with you, but it's not like he was some no name kid out of college. He had a, uh, he went to Auburn and eventually couldn't win the quarterback battle there and then transferred to Liberty. Uh, so he does have pedigree and he does have, you know, like the four or five star quarterback in him. Uh, it just took, you know, like Joe Burrow had to transfer out of Ohio state, uh, CJ Stroud. No, not CJ Stroud. Like another, there's like quarterbacks. There's examples of quarterbacks on quarterbacks that eventually had to transfer due to X, Y, or Z reason. Baker Mayfield, the, the late, great Baker Mayfield, I should call him <laughs> back, to, yeah, back yeah. to what we were talking about. Cooper cup for one Oh two and one Oh five. I don't even think I'd do it if it was one Oh one, one Oh two and one Oh five. Yeah. Same. Um, that is something really another quick talking point. We're very big, and at least I can speak for myself, I'm very big on delaying my gratification in fantasy. I know Max always wants to trade, and, and that's just who he is, and you know he'll trade a million times, but I'm not going to trade until it's perfect and it's the exact trade that I want. Um, and if you have a first-round pick this year in Superflex and you have like a top three pick, trade back and go get somebody else's first-round pick next year that's just increasing your chances for the insanely talented quarterback class that's going to come out next year. Insanely talented. Bryce Young's probably going to come out. Caleb Williams is probably going to come out. Uh, CJ Stroud's probably going to come out. That's three top-tier elite quarterback talents right there, uh, especially in Superflex. If you're able to you know, collapse your pick plus another first-round pick next year, I can't. I can't see a, a problem with that at all. Just give up your first round pick this year and and just take it in 23, delay your gratification and go get into a better quarterback class. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. I'm really curious to see what Superflex rookie drafts are going to look like with these quarterbacks because I feel like there's a pretty good consensus that the quarterbacks aren't that good. So I want to see, you know, where where's Burks going, where's London going, where's Garrett Wilson Tokyo going. Drift. Where, yeah, where's Tokyo Drift going. I, uh, I I hope the quarterbacks get pushed up a lot because if, you know, any of those guys fall to the late first or even to the second round, maybe, oh, my God, like that that's some extreme value right there. Andy from babies, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Our last trade in the Superflex for Cooper Cup, just straight answers here. I, I still think it's going to be a relatively same answer. Uh, it was a 2022 106, 2023 first, 2023 second, and 2023 third for Cup in a second. I think that's a smash no. Yeah, that's a that's a decline and a spit on the yeah. on the phone. I think yeah. I had to spit on the phone after seeing that one. Um, and then we're going to move to our typical one quarterback and just assuming it's half PPR here. Uh, Michael Pittman, Elijah Moore in a mid 2022 first. This is the first one that really started to tempt me, and it was for. Cooper Cup and Dak. I think it's all going to depend here on your. It's all going to depend on your depth at the quarterback position. If you have another elite guy in a one quarterback league, I feel like I'd I'd accept. No, I I think you'd accept because Elijah Moore's in it. That that um, as well. I, I, I as, up much front. As, as much as I'm all for selling Cooper Cup, I, I would not even come close to thinking about selling him for that. Yeah, neither would I. When I first read this. My ears perked up a little bit. Michael Pittman, Elijah Moore in a mid-2022 first. I'm like, 
Uh, that's like quite a bit. That's got a lot of upside. And then I read four cup and Dak Prescott. Yep. Like, I feel like you're getting Dak for free there. Like I would, would you do it without Dak? It, nah. it would be close without Dak. It, but yeah, it would be very, very window dependent. Like if I were like an extreme rebuilder, I'd probably take the shot on the younger guys. I'd still feel like you could get more than that, honestly, mm-hmm. uh, for, for cup straight up. Um, but that would be one I would definitely consider for sure. All right, moving on to the next one. We have Marquise Brown, who is in a little bit of a Twitter, is it true or not, kind of dilemma with rumors of him retiring to go join the FaZe Clan or whatever, him and Juju, <laughs> him and Juju together. And Kyler. And Kyler, apparently, maybe. No, Kyler will go play baseball if they ever get out of the lockout. Isn't, uh, isn't Kyler a FaZe member like currently, isn't he doing both right now at the same time? I don't time? know. Brett Favre was throwing passes for the phase flag football team during the Super Bowl week. So I guess Brett Favre is too. Can we oh get him in fantasy? Dude, yes, please. Oh, my God. I love Favre. All right. So we had Marquise Brown, Darnell Mooney, and then a 2022 first. That is such S-H-I-T. And I have no idea who these owners are, but I would actually love to be in a league with them. It would kind of be fun. Did it's like they're panic selling cup on these yeah. last two, like something's wrong. Like go go yeah. If you're selling him, go get all your body parts because he's he's still worth yes. it. Yes, yes. And you know, I'm not gonna get into the whole rant again, but even if he regresses a ton and he's a you know, the number twelve wide receiver, oh I mean, no, he's, he's still he finished... worth more on your roster than a bunch of garbage. Oh no, he had like fifty points less than he did the year before. When you extrapolate that over seventeen games, it's really like not much. All right. And then the last one that I guarantee I would smash accept for Cup. I would smash accept this one. Uh 2022 104, 2022 107, and then Antonio Gibson for Cup. I feel like any sane person realizes the scarcity that we have at running back um especially with a lot of these guys hitting that peak age you just never know where these running backs are going to come from it's going to be a a gold rush to find these newer younger guys and to have an established one already in gibson is is incredible i agree i mean the picks i feel like you could package the picks and then get another player if you really don't like the picks but to have gibson and then let's just say another player yeah, I would I would 100% smash accept on that one, honestly. This one, it looks intriguing to me, but as a competitor, it's a no from me. I'm I'm very much turning into a zero RB guy. Um, Gibson, you know, the hype train was going so fast last season. I don't know if I can get back on it again. He finished um, so well, man. He finished so great. Yeah, I know, but he's got to sh- – I don't know. I just got to see more. I, I need to see what's going on with J.D. McKissick. I need to see what's going on with their quarterbacks. There's a lot of unknowns for him, and, you know, the upside is definitely there, but, the, I, I mean, Cup is just such a guarantee to me. If I'm a competitor, I, I still want Cup. If I'm a young stud team-leaning competitor, I want Cup. If I'm a rebuilder of any sort of way, I'll take the depth and the picks and Gibson. And I'd probably go and try to move Gibson, honestly. Before we move on to the players you forgot about section, I did want to touch on something that we just talked about. And I feel like I glanced over it. And if I don't mention this again, I'm going to think about it all week. There is a glaring, glaring, glaring hole at running back in every single league. You think about the top 12 guys right now. Who finished top 12? Jace, can you pull that up really quick? So our top 12 and half point PPR, we got Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, James Conner, Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Alvin Kamara, Cordero Patterson, Antonio Gibson, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones. So when we think about a list like that, do any of them outside of maybe three scream dynasty asset? There's probably six, maybe seven, depending on how you look at Alvin Kamara. But I mean, Everybody, a couple of them are they're getting older. You know, you got that's your what Nick I'm Chubbs, saying. You know, I mean, how did Zeke Joe finish Mixon, that high? Eckler, did Zeke? I mean, Zeke was balling at the beginning of the season. I think it slipped under the radar because we all were just waiting for him to for the you know, teeter to fall off. off. Yeah, and then I I just think he was plowing his way into the end zone. 
uh, pretty heavily in the beginning of the season. So, um, yeah, I don't know him, James Conner, Cordero. Yeah. Something I'm trying to say uh, as a resource to the people out there right now, there is so many question marks of running back. So many for every single team. Like Jay said, there's like five guys, six guys that you're 100% confident in. And outside of that, there's there's just this pit of nothingness where you just have no idea which way to go but up, right? When you're thinking about running back in the future and somebody gives you a chance to go get a top, I, I'd put Gibson as a top eight dynasty running back and two first-round picks for a wide receiver where there is literally a million of them. And I know Cooper cup is one of one. He finishes the highest fantasy player in like of all time, probably this year because of the extra game. I, I know, but there is so much depth at the wide receiver position and it's so much easier. And I know this isn't rocket science and it's nothing new that you haven't heard, but especially this year when there are so many teams that don't have a locked in RB one, like look at the Ravens, who's going to start there you can list every single team and you just have no idea who's going to be the main producer. As more teams start to go to these two, two back share the workload, getting a top tier dominating running back is going to be the way your team's going to win a championship. Unless you have incredible, incredible wide receivers, you still got to start two running backs every single week. And, and when I see a chance like this to get a top eight dynasty running back asset plus two first round picks for cup, I think you have to smash accept just because of the positional scarcity and not knowing where the position is going to move. Cordell Patterson, Patterson finished as a top like eight running back on the season. It's like these, these assets that you have no idea where, where they're going to move. Like outside of Najee, Jonathan Taylor, and like, three other guys we just have no idea who's going to really finish in those top numbers with all these guys getting older like even Saquon has these million questions yeah I mean I just think you know like that 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 all all that sorry that was my that was my word vomit no no you're good you know you're good and I think I I like the the point of view that you have and I think the point of view is mostly kind of like in a vacuum dynasty rankings, the way that you're looking at that one to, to get that top eight dynasty back. Because for me, you know, if my windows next year, the dynasty rankings pretty much go out the window for me, it's like redraft season. I'm trying to get the best guys to go win now. And in that trade scenario, you know, those picks could very well flop and end up being nothing. their rookie seasons. Um, and then you just got Gibson and, you know, Last season, if you wanted to make this trade, like, you know, we're, we're pretty high on Gibson right now. You know, DeAndre Swift it finished as like the, the running back 18, and he's like a top three dynasty running back in a lot of people's minds. Like, I, I don't know. I think what you're talking about with Cordero Patterson being a top five guy, James Conner being a top five guy, like um, in us not really knowing who's going to be up there, I think that points to you want the wide receivers that you can – like it's a little more predictable where they're going to be at a little um, from that regard. So for me, like if I'm a competitor with, I I know the carousel of, you know, running back finishes and what it all takes and how many pieces you have to have all these split backfields, you have to find a true work. Like there's so many questions where with cup, you know, he's the answer. So uh, if I'm, I just think if I'm a competitor, especially now I'm a zero RB guy, I'm just going to take the lottery and the depth at running back and just hope I play the matchups. Right. And they, you know, just because running backs, I mean, we talk about wide receivers not being consistent, but I, I feel like running back, especially the past two seasons, has just been a lot more unpredictable and uh, subject to variability. So I don't know. That's my two cents, too. Hey, look, difference in opinions, perfectly allowed. And, and I 100%. completely agree with Jace uh, on his take. I think my point is is very valid as well. But at the end of the day, it's going to be up to you, the listener, to decide, you know, do I think that the running back position, there's so much more scarcity now than in years prior, which I, I really do believe that we have no idea more in these next, you know, two or three years versus in the past two or three years, or will you take the proven value in cup and ride that? So uh, I think it's two sides of the argument, but enough Cooper cup talk for now. I think we've, you know, beating a dead horse here on Mr. Cup. Um, 
But again, congrats to the Rams. And we are going to move into the next section. Players you forgot about. The Island of Misfit Players. Yeah, uh, I wish I got my team pulled up. All right, no. go. Uh, that would be funny if we could do like a little musical number like they did the island of misfit to, you know whatever you know i got some guys on my my mike rabel team that are that definitely fit the bill they probably won't make it into the show because they're kind of like deep deep sleepers like you probably should have forgotten about them but <laughs> i just i haven't given up hope on a couple so shout if out anybody's renaming their team it's me Qu- quick shout out uh marcus mario to pick him up hearing rumblings he might get a starting job Steelers, There's just baby. so many starting jobs open. Indy. And yeah. Carson Wentz. Wentz. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see. discussion for like another Wentz, time. But yeah, de- definitely. In your super flex leagues, it's time to pick up all those guys that you hear rumblings about. Yes. Um, but we're going to get into the episode. We have split it up into two different sects uh, so far. We're going to do ones that we brought up in the show previously. Uh, there's a group of four guys here that we talked about that we did really want to make a make a strong case for uh either yes or no uh going in trying to make a deal for them and then we have some other ones that uh the lovely nexi put on here for us uh these are guys that put were put on the ir and were perennial dynasty assets at some point in time over the past 12 months so we'll start first mr bobby trees mr robert woods super bowl champion robert woods um mind you um like Jay said, he's going to be turning 31. Are you willing to go out and pick him up for He'll be and, 30? Actually, sorry. He's 29 sorry. right now. Are you willing to go out and just bank on the offense? And obviously when we're talking about all these players, we're not saying we're going to give up an arm and a leg, just a reasonable price relative to their low value right now. So Robert Woods, would you give up a late second for him right now? I think oh, I would. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I'd, give, I'd give up a late second for, Robert would you give up an early second? In this in class, 20, in, in this class, twenty-two, I would. Yeah, if I'm a competitor, yes. Mm-hmm. I hate Bobby Woods, and I I would give up a second. Bobby Woods has burned me. Max knows. Bobby he, Woods he loves has, to burn me, and I would give it like, up. I I just don't see like a world in where Bobby Woods becomes this like fantasy relevant guy. He's always going to have his big games where he puts up twenty points and has ten catches for hundred fifty yards and a touchdown or whatever. But most weeks he's going to have four catches for 60 yards and no touchdowns like in full point he's consistent he's he's probably eight to ten points but in half point ppr the man's looking at six to eight points a game i think yeah uh i'm looking at his half ppr finishes right now honestly it's so much better than i thought i guess i just didn't have enough bobby tree stocks but like max said you know it's not high-end production by any means but he's one of those guys that you can feel safe putting him in your lineup. He is not going to burn you most uh, weeks. I mean, more often he's burned than not. Peter. He's probably burned Peter more than the uh, the trees in the forest in uh, Australia. <laughs> Little Bobby Woods reference there, but well, no, they, he just, loves to burn me. Well, it's like, it's like he'll, I guarantee you, he could be the number one wide receiver and I'd trade for him and he would just like, put up three catches for like 20 yards. <laughs> it's just, it's just our relationship together. We're yeah. toxic. Me and Bobby Woods are toxic. That that's how it is sometimes, you know. And uh, but here's his fantasy finishes in half point PPR: ten point nine, nine point five, five point three, twelve point eight, twenty one, ten point ten, twelve, nineteen point two, thirteen point nine. So you know. And that was this season. Yeah, that was this season in nine games. So in seven of nine games, he got you ten points. Like. That's what he's good for at this point. You know, he'll explode here and there just because of the nature of, of football. And, you know, Cooper Cup's going to get doubled one game and Bobby yeah. Trees is just going to go berserk. We saw it with Odell in the play in the playoffs. I mean, even though Cooper Cup was still producing right alongside him. But yeah. I don't know. He's just a super productive guy. Um, you know, a couple years ago, especially, he was just rock, rock solid. And that was with Jared Goff. I think they they had a lot of things to figure out at the beginning of the season with the new quarterback, uh, kind of a new system. I wouldn't really say much of a new system, but kind of just getting all the pieces moving with Matthew Stafford at the helm. Um, I think, you know, the reports say he's going to be ready by minicamp. Um, if that's the case, I, I love Bobby be, Trees. If, if Odell resigns, he won't be ready till November, December. Yeah, so, so it's going to be Bobby Trees. more time. Season. 
Something I will say uh, really quick, last talking point on Robert Woods, unless Max has something. He's not a guy that you're going to want to put in your flex and be confident in moving into the season. But if he is an asset on your bench, that is an incredible bench piece because you never know what's going to happen to your team. Believe me, these IR spots fill up really quick. Receivers, you know, they get turf toe, they tweak ankles, and they're out for a week. If I have to start Robert Woods in a pinch and that's my, you know, safety blanket, that's incredible. So, so remember, it's all about rounding your team. You don't want jagged edges. You want to be able to have a security blanket. I'd rather have the number 12 wide receiver and Robert Woods than the number six wide receiver and no one to back them up. Yeah, I, depth is so key through the course of the season. It, we're at a good point right now where we just got done with the fantasy season, so it's fresh to remember. But I think it gets lost somewhere in translation over the offseason. Um, I, I don't know, just with different rec, r- roster construction strategies and just how highly we value the guys from yesteryear. Like, um, I, I just I think you said that extremely well. He's the perfect depth piece for your very, team, very, for very your competitor team. Like, if he's your if he's your fourth wide receiver. I mean, that's good. good. That You're in a good spot. Yeah. Max, anything on Bobby before we move on? No, I just want to touch on, like, depth. Like, I made a playoff run and won the championship this past year, and I, I really – I didn't have enough depth. You know, I got very lucky with, like, matchups and everything like that. Um, really, I got lucky with DK scoring three touchdowns in the championship, but neither here nor there. It's more just, like, I lost Christian McCaffrey. I lost – um Lamar like I, I was really I was hurting out there you know and I, I was blessed enough to win but it just makes me think like I shove my chips in really in probably like March or February I was like you know I'm going and winning it all this year which I think is a great way to do it but if you're going to do that make sure you save a little bit of chips for the end where you can go get some stragglers at the trade deadline it's important those guys are very 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 important Moving forward, we have a tight end uh, piece here. Irv Smith Jr. from Minnesota. I feel like this guy, you could probably get pennies on the dollar. Um, a lot of, and remember, Irv is not a focal point trade. You're not going to walk up to somebody and say, I want Irv Smith. Because <laughs> you know what? They're going to upsell you. You add them in a bigger deal. This, this is something we've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast. Never for these, these guys you're trying to scheme and get make them the focal point of the deal, make them a throw in piece. But Irv Smith for the Minnesota Vikings, how do we feel on Irv moving forward into next year? Are you willing to go and grab him? And remember he is a smaller tight end. I think he's around six foot two, six foot six, three. Yeah. Six, two, two forty. He's not, he's not Travis Kelsey. He's not Waller. He's not this huge prototypical tight end. He's more of a stocky wide receiver. I like what you said about going out and getting him as like a throw in piece. Like I think the tight end position is so slim already. Whereas like, if you have a guy like Kelsey who goes down or Mark Andrews or Waller or Kittle, they go down all the time. Like it's, it's not a rare occurrence for a tight end to go down. If I could plug him in with Irv Smith and go on with my merry ways, I'd be more than happy with that. I mean, like it's, it stinks sometimes when you don't have a backup tight end and you have to go to the waivers and start, David and Joku or Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle. He had some good weeks down the stretch, but Oh yeah. Jack Doyle's my favorite plug and play tight end. It's it's tough out there when like I really would suggest that if you're going for a championship to go out and have one great tight end and one playable tight end. Oh yeah, that, that's me. I got two great ones. Andrews and Ertz. You have Ertz? You Yo. mean got it? Uh and sorry, he's just about uh Zach Ertz. <laughs> Andrews and Goddard, the Mandrews, and Urch 2.0. That, that is very solid. That is very, big, very yeah. solid. But uh, Irv Smith, you guys want to know something funny? I don't know if this is a, a sleeper mistake. It's got to be. In week 13 of 2019, he played 107% of the snaps. So Whoa. that's pretty incredible. I think he's you found the an first Easter round egg. pick. Um, that's gas. Um, <laughs> but otherwise, you know, looking at his stat sheet, like, it's really not that impressive. The things that, you know, kind of got our attention was a couple of two touchdown games um, and a big game against Tampa in week 14 of 2020. Um, I don't know. I just think he's a really forgotten about guy, but I think he's got a lot of upside. You know, he's shown us just a couple quick flashes, but moving forward, 
Adam Thielen is getting real old, showing a bit of injury uh, proneness, if that's a word. Um, and then on top of that, you know, you got Dalvin Cook, who personally I think he's a lot closer to the edge than people think. And he takes up a large portion of their passing game as well. Targets right. are going to get freed up. He's a 6'2 tight end, like you said. He's probably going to get used a lot more as a wide receiver than a blocking tight end uh, because of that. So I think, you know, a 23-year-old tight end with, you know, this good of a possible situation coming up is well worth a throw in for a trade. Question for you guys. Would you rather have Irv Smith or CJ Uzama? Irv Smith. Uzama. I'd rather have Uzama as well. I'd rather have Joe Burrow throw me the ball than Kirk Cousins. Bro, how Irk. old is Uzama? I don't really like he's I think he's been only five years, so he's probably like 28, 29. He's pretty he's probably he's old. Twenty nine, but... he'll probably be thirty next year, number nineteen tight end. Dude, yeah, I, I, like when you're playing one of those tight ends, like you're chasing touchdown. I don't think Er Smith carries much touchdown upside with Jefferson, Thielen, Madison, Cook. Like I think honestly, like Uzama, he he chase, he take he gets that upside, man. Enough mm. on Herb Smith. We've said our piece on him. I agree. All right, moving forward, J.K. Dobbins, and along with this goes Gus Edwards. I feel like they're kind of a package deal. Uh, players that we forgot about we mentioned a long time ago. With the uncertainty at running back that I just went off on a you know 25-minute tangent about, obviously I'm exaggerating, but how do we feel about J.K. moving forward? Are you willing to take the bet on this – guy who doesn't find a way to catch the ball Deont was it Deonta Foreman who was there this year or Devonta no, Foreman they had Latavius Murray Devonta Freeman Freeman uh, not Foreman. Tyson Williams and those running backs yeah, they found relevance they found fantasy relevance when yeah. they were out there this is a guy who is locked in to be the RB1 at opening day I don't know if I go that far I think he's locked in He'll be the 1A. I don't know. Like, he's coming on. Like, J.K. has never – he's never impressed me. Like, it's – I've never been in on him. And, I mean, I, we forgot about him. You're not going to get him for a second, but the most I'd probably pay is, like, an early second. I wouldn't pay a first for J.K. Dobbins. Really? I really wouldn't. Yeah. Mm. I, mean, I would pay – I would pay a first. In this year's class, if it were Back 106 up. or later – I would 100% send that over. Honestly, depending to see on how the draft falls, it might even get up to 104 for me. Um, with him, let me read some yards per carry. I know he hasn't gotten a lot of volume, and you know he he doesn't really catch the ball, but and he's he was super touchdown reliant in 2020 when he broke out as a rookie. Um, but I, you know, that race, the Ravens' rushing attack, they they love to run the ball more than, as much as any other team in the league. So the rushing touchdowns. I feel like they'll still be there, but here's his yards per carry. Let me read a nice stretch here. 24, 6, 34, 7 and a half, 4.7, 6.5, 4.1, 4.6, 7, 12.3. That's yards per carry. If I've been saying yards per catch, excuse me, it's yards per carry. That That is, I mean, those are some nice numbers and looking at it on sleeper, it's a lot of green. So um, I don't know. I think he's probably going to be, like a super poor man's Nick Chubb in a way. Like he doesn't present a whole lot of receiving upside, but he's a really good in between the tackles runner and a really good rush attack. Um, I just, he won't get the volume that Chubb gets necessarily, um, but he's a highly efficient guy. He's going to have to bank on that most likely, but I, I think he's going to be one of those running backs, a, a solid RB2 that week in and week out probably is not going to burn you. Yeah, I think the final verdict for us is he's not worth his price tag. I think that's a fair assumption for everybody. He's not worth what owners are going to have him at. And, you know, three or four years down the line, when he starts to get those carries on him and ages on him, and he's still doing the same thing, I'd 100% go buy him because he'd be a lot cheaper. But it's the youth that's, you know, pulling his price up right now. I don't think it's really a good time to buy him. And I don't think it's a good time to sell him either. So if you're if you're an owner, hold them. If you're trying to go out and get a running back, like I said, there's so many inconsistencies at running back. Go get a better back that you're going to be confident in and pay a little bit more. Um, moving on, last one that we did mention on the show in the past, Juju Smith-Schuster. I feel like 
you know, he's probably going to leave Pittsburgh. I really don't care where he goes. Uh, he's irrelevant to me. I, I still like Juju, man. He's what going to be 25 next season. I believe he's, you know, he's like that. He's, Amari he's too old type. to be on TikTok. That's all I know. <laughs> he, uh, you know, he's been in the league for a long time, but he came out at, you know, like 20 years old. I think, you know, if there's no way he goes back to Pittsburgh, I think the landing spot's really probably going to dictate a lot. Um, and depending on how they want to use him, because his end, like the end of his time in Pittsburgh, all he was doing was running three yards down the field and turning around for big Ben to, to throw out there if needed as a safety blanket. You know, if his route tree is able to expand on a different team, I, I think Juju's still got a lot of tricks up his sleeve. I, I mean, have, I have one place I'd be interested Where's that? Green Bay and Rogers stays. Yes. That's, that's the a, only was, place I would be interested. There, there's probably a couple places that I could be interested in. I can't necessarily think of them off the top of my head, but I do think he's better as the two um, on a team where an alpha can take away, you know, the top cornerback, take on double teams, and he can kind of uh, just be free as the number two. I don't think he can necessarily handle uh, number one cornerback pressure or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I, I, that would be a great spot. And if that happens, like his value would skyrocket depending on the deal, how long everyone's staying, his dynasty stock might shoot up. I just, you know, dudes that have been in the league for that long and are so young, you just think one of these days, like they have to have had, they have to have had, I don't know if I'm saying that. They must've learned something in all those Thank years. you, English <laughs> professor Jace. Yeah, they, they must've learned something um, along the, along the lines and they got to be due for a breakout soon. And I don't know, I don't know what his upside necessarily is, but I, I see him being a really solid option in fantasy depending on landing spot. Yeah. I'll keep it short. I, I like Juju as well. If I'm, if I don't own Juju, I try to go out and get him now while he's cheap. And then let's say he goes somewhere good. I think I would just flip him right off the news, sell the news, um, whether it's green Bay, Dallas, Kansas city, wherever he goes, I would sell it to some owner that's like, oh, Juju. If this he goes stuff. to Dallas, I, I don't want to touch him. I, right. Oh, my goodness. That would be – unless Amari leaves, that would be probably the yeah. worst thing for his If career. Amari and Gallup leave, he'd be good. Yeah, I would be – yeah, I'd be curious to see how that turned out. But, yeah, he's got to be paired with the number one for sure. Just, just sell the news. Like, go buy him now because he's probably dirt cheap right now. But he's going to go somewhere, and I would sell him literally rumors like – Trade deadline opens up and free agency opens up in like a month. It's going to be pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. All right. That's going to do it for all the ones that we talked about on the show previously, but we have a couple we're going to run through pretty quick and then we'll wrap up the show for everybody out there. So first and foremost, a guy that we did talk about a lot in the past, but not in this kind of light Deshaun Watson. He will be a starting quarterback for a team this upcoming season. I'm very confident in that. Um, Barring that his uh, his court date, I believe it's February 22nd, February 22nd is his court date. Barring that that goes well, which I believe his attorneys are, are extremely confident in. I'd go out and probably pay a back end first in a super flex league for Watson right now. Oh, 100%. I'd pay. I mean, there, there's the risk factor. I'd pay. I'd pay up to probably 104. Mm. in a super i'd have to see where like Traylon and some of these guys that i really like are going for that but back in first you know anything from 17 to 112 yeah sign me up i'll take the upside with deshaun watson um in one quarterback leagues i am i'm i am staying away i know the upside is there it's enticing and there's a lot of great young quarterbacks out there yeah and in dynasty, one quarterback league, I'm not going to waste assets going to get someone that, you know, like you said, you're confident he's going to play. You, we're not going to know what he looks like until he actually comes back. We got to see him return and play, play well on the field again. I, I just, I, you will not find me investing in that asset that could, it does have the potential to bottom out as zero. All right. Moving forward, DJ Chark, I believe he got injured in like week three on that night game, right? Or was yeah. it the London game? He was hurt in week four at Cincinnati. At Cincinnati Thursday night. Oh, my goodness. I remember saying to myself, what a poo-poo game. 
Why would anybody <laughs> want to watch the Bengals? The Bumgles. Bumgles. Yeah, the Bagels. Right. Yeah, I'll take the upside with DJ Chark. I mean, obviously he didn't play as much this year. Um, I really think it can only go up in Jacksonville. I mean, Urban Meyer's gone, new head coach. Trevor Lawrence can only get better. Um, like, we all thought that, uh, I mean, Marvin Jones did something this year. Alshon Jeffries 2.0. Dougie P's yeah. there. I mean, he's an unrestricted free agent coming up. So, even anywhere he goes is is better than Jacksonville. And even if he stays in Jacksonville, it's it's still good. He went to LSU. He's I think he's pretty tall, honestly, too, isn't he? He's, like six he's, foot, like... he's more of a bigger build, I believe. I remember he was a hot, hot, hot asset this offseason. This he past offseason. <clears throat> yes. Oh, yeah. He definitely – two seasons ago when Clyde was coming out as a rookie and everyone was drafting him over Jonathan Taylor – DJ Chark was a hot commodity in drafts. Um, people thinking he was going to take a nice leap after the season he put up, but uh, he is 6'4", 198. So, yeah, he's a big boy. A little bit thin. A little bit thin for sure. Getting close to that two hundo club. Maybe 25 years to... old. 25. Yeah. He's worth uh, a shot. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, basically that. He's worth a shot. He can only go up from here. I'd pay a second for him, honestly. Oh yeah, I, I would definitely I would yeah. shoot a second over for sure. Um, you honest, uh, I don't know about multiple seconds, but if I had to throw a couple more thirds on top or something, I would, I would take the shot. I just think he's he's probably. I hope he lands somewhere else like you guys do. I mean, I like the prospect a lot still. Um, like you guys said, I'm willing to yeah. take the shot. A guy moving forward, a guy that I really forgot about and really think is a, a great dynasty asset moving forward in the next year. Logan Thomas, man. Logan had a good year this year, sadly got hurt. Um, the nature of the injury is escaping me right now. Um, but he, he's one of those guys that has this prototypical big tight end build, but is not going to come at the big tight end price in fantasy. That quarterback scenario, as much as you know, I appreciate Taylor Heineke, I think it can only go up from here, whether they draft a quarterback and, oh, no, a young quarterback's relying on their tight end, or they bring in a veteran quarterback like Deshaun or like XYZ, uh, XYZ guy and goes, oh, no, you know, Terry's getting triple teamed and nobody else is relevant. I guess I'm going to have to dump it down. Yo, let me let me add on to this because this I do like Logan Thomas as well. I you know, I like everything you said, and I totally agree with that. Another guy on the same team who you – I don't know if you've Samuel. forgotten about, Curtis Samuel. Curtis, Let's, bro. Curtis Samuel right now on Fantasy Pros ADP is at spot 141. Wow. Behind Jacoby Myers, Zach Moss, Derek Carr, Jarvis Lin Like, just Trey don't Sermon go. is ranked over him in Dynasty don't. rankings right now. Do not go out and just grab Curtis Samuel, please, because the guy will hold him over your head. That's yeah, another no, guy where you got to piece him in. Yeah, people will forget that, you know, how much – I mean, I loved him last year. People will forget how much hype there was for him with Fitzpatrick, the the wide receiver two next to Terry. Like, oh, it was all there for him. Each and every year he'd uh, increase his fantasy stock, increase his fantasy finish. You know, super injury plague season. We're going to see what happens over there. I brought it up on the podcast once. If Jimmy G lands over there, maybe they, you know, really use him like Debo. Maybe Jimmy G can, you know, bring that to the table, that kind of idea. I don't know how often that happens, but a deal that I had in my head as I was driving around today, um, thinking about Curtis Samuel was if I had Amon Ross St. Brown, um, I would 100% send Amon Ross St. Brown for Curtis Samuel and maybe like two seconds or something like that. I think Curtis Samuel could easily be a top 24 wide receiver next year. I think him and Amon, Amon Ross should be ranked very similarly, uh, but one is Juicy's ranked way higher than Curtis Samuel currently is right now based off of that super hot finish without Hawkinson and Swift. Um, I think you could literally get the same player just with getting a bunch of uh, cherries on top and second round picks. Yeah, no, I, I like Curtis Samuel. Uh, back to Logan Thomas. I, I'm kind of out on Logan Thomas. He's, I think he's 31, 30. Um, he used to play quarterback, I'm pretty sure. He's a bigger guy, but 
I just I don't trust it. I I think he's a, a tight. It's kind of like a Tim Tebow tight end kind of role here for him. He's uh, riding the journey. He's enjoying himself at the tight end position, but I just I, I forgot about him, and I I don't want to I don't want to remember him honestly. Yeah, he you know he is thirty. He'll be thirty one next year, but you know like one thing that a lot of analysts talked about with him is he that tight end position in Washington well, was extremely important for them this year. Maybe that changes when they add Curtis Samuel back into the fold as more of a a chain mover hybrid guy. Um, But, you know, if it's not Logan Thomas, say he gets hurt again, Ricky Seals-Jones, I don't know what his contract looks like. Any young tight end that eventually ends up in Washington uh, while Riverboat Ron is there, I think will be something to monitor for sure. Slick Rick. (laughs) Slick Rick. All right. I'll, we'll do this as a two for really quick, just to wrap up really quick. I, I feel like everybody feels the same about uh, Michael Thomas moving forward. I feel like there's too much risk relative to his price with that New Orleans offense. Gus, what is it? Gus Bradley is the new head coach there. I don't even know. Talk about trying to forget about things. I'm trying to forget the Saints exist, man. It's a dumpster it's, fire it's over there. Ain't, it's bad. Ain'ts inbound. Get ready. Get, get ready yeah. for the Aints. Well, we can group um, these two together. They got yeah. the same first name. Yes, Michael Thomas and Michael Gallup. I feel like both would be relative by lows due to their injury history and recent injuries themselves. How are we feeling about both these guys? I feel like I would pay a mid-second for Michael Gallup and an early second for Michael Thomas, and that's the most that I would yeah. give. I don't think I'd give a first for Michael Thomas, as crazy as it sounds. I mean, last year – Everyone probably would, but he's just can't guard Mike. Can't guard yeah, him because he's not on the field. That's right, Peter. I don't know. I'm right there with you. Gallup, depending on Gallup's landing spot, he's going to be a free agent. It's hard to tell. I mean, obviously, we we're talking about this a month before free agency, but Gallup's a talented player. Um, he really is. I'd rather have Gallup than I'd rather have Gallup than Thomas right now. Probably, yeah. Um, that one would be tough. Uh, I, every time I think about Michael Thomas having any upside, I remember how much of a dumpster fire New Orleans is right now. Like they have nothing figured out. They're so far over the cap. Like he might get dealt. He 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 he's an actual be, guy that would get dealt. Yeah, or see, released. That would make sense, and I've heard that too. So maybe in my mind it would be worth taking the shot, but that feels so gross. Gallup is he's someone to really like. He's been stuck in Dallas all these years behind. You know, Amari Cooper, they got him. Uh, let's see, when did he arrive? In 2018. I, I can't remember if that's when Amari Cooper arrived too, but he's never really had like the chance to to truly shine. And when he has, he's looked awesome. So I, I remember just like Juchu. He climbed the ladder in the corner of the end zone. You remember that catch? Yes, dude. Oh I, I remember gosh. seeing a very similar highlight in training camp and that kind of being like, oh yeah, he is good. I forgot about him. Um, this was early last off season, but. I think he's very much like Juju. He's going to be, if he lands in the right spot, he could be a really awesome wide receiver too. That at his current value, I mean, he really won't cost you much. There, there's some upside and some hype for him. But even if I had two seconds that were 206 and 208, I would send both of those over there for him, honestly. I'll take the shot um, on a guy like him, 25 years old. St- still plenty of room to to grow and to, to mold and do a, a fantasy producer. Anything else on the guys that we just mentioned before we have a quick quote from a fellow monarch that'll be returning and then log off. Nada. Nothing for me. I hope I don't have the quick, a quick quote. No, I do. Good. Uh, being in the spirit of the Island of misfit toys, thinking about the Island of misfit players, I pulled up a quote from the best Christmas movie. I know we don't talk about, the other Lord Christmas West? movie that I don't know. Oh, not that one. I don't like that one. But oh. but my favorite Christmas movie movie is Rudolph. Speaking mm-hmm. about Rudolph, we were talking about the Island of Misfit Players, and the king of the Island of Misfit Players is King Moonracer. King, who was like the lion with the the, the yeah. wings. Uh, king Moonracer said. When someday you return to Christmas Town, would you tell Santa about our homeless toys? I'm sure he could find little boys and girls who would be happy to play with them. 
A toy is never truly happy until it is loved by a child. So remember, a lot of these players, they're on the island of misfit players right now, man. They're the island, they're Charlie in the box. They're they're the 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 ship that can't sink. They're the train that's got the square wheels, right? And these owners don't value them. All they need is a little bit of love and the right deal. And man, you slot them right into your bench and have them as backup guys. Oh my goodness. The depth on your team. Offseason about building a lot of starters, but it's about getting that depth. And believe me, I'll be taking a Charlie in the box this summer and he'll become mine. <laughs> I, I like that analogy. I, I don't even want to add anything to it because that was really well done. So I'm not going to add anything. Well done, Peter. Yeah, I think right. that was really solid. And if you had to put Mike Thomas as a toy, it actually wouldn't be anyone from the island of misfit toys. It would be that creepy doll with spider legs that crawls out from um, oh, Sid yes. the Toy Torture's um, yes, bed toy story. toy story. He would be that freaky little spider girl doll thing. That thing has haunted me since I was a child. <laughs> All right, really quick, one tiny last thing before we move on and end out the show. I do have some corrections. Big Mike from Jersey hit my line the other day and told me I was wrong on my Yankee history. We were talking about streaks, and I was talking about Luke Gehrig. Um, Luke Gehrig hit the Ironman streak. Joe DiMaggio had the 56-game hit streak in the the heat of the moment. That is the podcast. I must have mixed the two up. So I do apologize to any Yankee fans out there. Not that Big Mike is one. He likes the Mets. But again, yuck. (laughs) Um, Shout out, everybody. Give us a like on Apple Pod, Spotify. That's going to wrap up our show at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. We are doing a lot of stuff next week's episode. We're going to start taking a little bit more of a deeper dive into some of your teams out there for the past couple of weeks. Be collected some information on all of your teams out there. Uh, and we're going to take a deeper dive into those as well as starting to get the train rolling on these rookies. Rookie fevers hitting Jace pretty hard right now. I see oh, it yeah. right now, that little smirk. Oh, he's thinking yeah. about he's thinking about Tokyo right now. Oh, Again, I'm thinking about Tokyo. I'm thinking about Traylon. Oh, I think we're going to have to cut, cut, cut this before he gets too vulgar. <laughs> oh, man, I'm about to, I'm about to strip naked. Whoa, but, all righty, that's, that's our podcast. <laughs> that's the episode. Everybody, thanks again for listening. Thanks to everybody that joined the uh, Fantasy Football Pool. Shout out OBR for winning, and thanks for entering the Tyreek Hill jersey giveaway. Again, follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy, and give us a like, follow on Apple and Spotify Pod. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens. <laughs> <laughs>